Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. God, some praise. Well, that would have been great if I said, let's give Isaiah some praise or, or the kids some praise. But we're referring to the people, to the person who he wakes you up in the morning. He clothes you in your right mind. He heals your body when you're sick. He puts food in your, on your table. He blesses you in your coming and you're going, I do none of that for you. Those announcements do none of that for you. I'm talking about Jesus. If anybody here in this room, if you're online and you love Jesus, let's make some noise and let them know. Come on, you can do better than that. We're talking about the great I am, the mighty rose of sharing, our God, the one who took the cat of nine tails on his back. Come on, I need you to help me here. We're talking about Jesus, the one who died on the cross for your sins now and your sins later. We're talking about Jesus, the one when you were sick and you didn't think you could get well. Don't stop clapping on me now. We're talking about the risen king, the lion, the lamb, eternity on the cross. We're talking about the one that stepped into our world and became sick. He knew no sin, but so that we can become the righteousness of God. If there's anybody in this room and or online who understand how good Jesus is, make some noise for your king. He's your king. <laughs> He's your king. Man, I'm so excited to be here. If you're watching online, thank you for joining us here. Wasn't worship great, right? Those new songs roaring, all those songs were amazing. It's just good to be alive. I know maybe it doesn't feel like it. Some days may be tough, but it is really good to be alive. God is good no matter the situation, no matter how intense your situation is, he's still good. I want to say that again. He is still, I want to put that in your spirit. He is still good. Maybe it does not look good. Maybe it does not feel good, but he is still Romans 8 28 says it's like this for we know that all things some things every other thing it depends on the thing for we know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord how many people love the Lord let me see it's working for your good how many people love the Lord all things are working for your good I am really excited let me let me get in let me pray and um, let's see what the Lord wants to do this morning. Is that okay? Father, we thank you for everything that you are. We thank you for life. We thank you for health. We thank you for strength. We thank you for the good. We thank you in the, for the bad because you are good. We declare that today that we're going to get our voice back. <laughs> we declare today that we're going to get our roar back. I declare now that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you're bringing the voice back to the local church. I declare right now that we will no longer suffer from spiritual laryngitis, that we're going to be able to speak clearly with the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you today and we give this meeting to you. We give the miraculous healings to you. We give everything in this room to you because today we declare that we will glorify your name and that we will stand flat footed and say today we're going to get our voice back. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. So I'm fixated with lions, right? I do enjoy seeing them from afar, okay? I'm not the safari type. I just like to watch them. I like to YouTube them. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that YouTubes like dog fights, like cat attacks. I just like animals, right? Sorry for people that don't like animals to fight, but it's okay. But I Google and I YouTube lions, but I understand something about lions that what sets them apart, not only but their size, but their roars. It's so funny that oftentimes you hear people reference to the Savior as the lion because of his sound, because of his roar, what he carries. Uh, Sometimes you refer him, people refer him as the lamb, but you hear the lion and the lamb. But I want to just really talk about how the church, how the people of God, we need to get our voice back. A lot of times the enemy will do certain things to us and he will confine us in spaces and he will do things to us to try to steer, steal our voices because if we don't have no voice, we have no weapon. If we have a voice, we have a weapon, but how are we using our weapon? There's life and death in the power 
of the tongue. Here it is. So we have to understand and let's study out the lion. But I really want to give us a recipe on how to get our voices back. If we can turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 11 through 16. We as the church have become very complacent. We've become very much so. It's okay. I'll pray about it. <laughs> we have become people that say, well, I'll pray about it in silence, but I won't say anything in public. We have become okay with allowing politics and the world system to do whatever it desires. See, we pray later. <laughs> we don't pray first. Prayer is the first response, not the last one. I need somebody to help me this morning. Prayer is the first response, not the last one. We don't pray after things get so out of control that we can no longer have a grasp on it. We pray first. Men should always pray and not faint. We have to get our voices back because we stood so long on the sidelines of life and been okay with just being Christians and we just settled for being a Christian and not transition to disciples. Disciples die for what they believe. Disciples die for what they believe. Christians just say, oh, I'll just let that go. But church, we have to take a, a, a responsibility for what is happening in our world, from the police killings, from the robbing, from the stealing, from the, from the politics, from all the disarray, from the abortion. We have allowed these things to happen. We just sit back and just became, okay, well, God, maybe I'm sure you're going to do something. But can I tell you, if God wanted to do something and he wanted to do it on his own, we wouldn't be here. But you're here and as long as you're breathing, as long as you can hear this message, as long as you can watch me, that means you still have breath in your body. And if he has breath in your body, that means whatever he speaks, he's calling for us to say. Second Chronicles 7, chapter, I mean, chapter 7, verse 11 through 16, it says this, when Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, he had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord in his own palace. Verse 12, the Lord appeared to him in that night and said, I have heard your prayer. Solomon, Solomon was praying, Lord, be with us, be in this temple. We give this temple back to you. And he was beckoning the Lord. And the Lord says, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. Isn't that good that the Lord hears prayers? Is it? Isn't that good that the Lord hears our prayers? But in this, I'm sure it's always like, you know what? I, I heard your prayer and I'm going to be with you. But anybody ever had a but? <laughs> you hear that when something good comes, here comes a but. He said, verse 13, he says, but when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. He says, when I do it, when it happens. He just says, if it happens, it may happen. He said, when it happens, number 14, here's the remedy. If my people. <laughs> Wait, let me, let me go back to, thir let me go back to uh, 13 again. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no more rain, there's a drought. I command locusts to devour the land and plagues will come into the earth. I don't know if you've been watching the news or, or seeing what kind of world we live in. There's a plague in the earth. When you talk about locusts in this text, but it's just talking about how different pestilence and different things will occur in our land that we have no control over. He says, when it comes to devour or send a plague among my people, here is the remedy, verse 14. If my people. <laughs> that's you, that's me. Who are called by my name. You know the scripture. Will humble themselves. Mm, and pray and seek my face and do what? Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. And I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal the land. Verse 15. Now my eyes will be open. <laughs> Here it is. And my ears will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name will be forever. And my eyes and my heart will always be here. If my people, who, 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 who are his people? Can, can, if you're his people online, raise your hand. Uh, don't be shy now. 
will humble themselves. Why did he say humble himself? Because there's a lot of pride here. He never puts anything in the, in the text that he's not trying to address. He says, humble yourselves. That means there's so much pride here. Not here in all nations. I'm not talking about us. <laughs> I'm talking about the body, right? Don't take it personal. If you do, that's not me. That's here. He says, there's too much pride here. I can't do anything here. He said, you got to humble yourselves and do what? Pray. He's saying, you got to pray because there is no prayer happening. I can preach by myself. I don't need an amen corner. He says, it's time for you to put the pride aside and fall on your knees and begin to pray. He said, you want a remedy? You want an antidote? Get out your pride. Begin to pray. He says, and seek my face and turn from your what? He didn't say, well, some of you have wicked ways. It's just a remnant of you who don't have wicked ways. We're not talking about living a life of sin. This is not what we're talking about because this is to the believer. We all sin and fall short. But he says, there's too much pride. You can't get a prayer through. You don't even pray that much anyway unless it's something about you. (laughs) God, help me. Help my family. Help my finances. Help my body. Help my children. Help... If you're praying only those prayers, I want to challenge you, that's not a kingdom perspective. The kingdom is not my will, but thy will be done. Here it is. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will forgive their sin and heal the land. Everybody say heal the land. Then he says, now my eyes will be open. And my ears will be attentive to their prayers. How many people want to know that he's hearing your prayers? Come on, don't get quiet. How many people want to know when I pray, he's listening? He's waiting on me. And and a lot of times we pray and we say, God, what you doing? What you doing, bro? You you there? He said, yeah, I, I heard you for the thousandth time. At some point, our prayer needs to begin to change. Lord, instead of what can I do, what can you do for me? The prayer should be, what can I do for you? What what can I do for you? Because our world is in trouble and clearly my plan has not been working. How would I give my body as a living sacrifice? He says, now the prayers that I've offered in this place, he says, I've chosen and I've consecrated this temple so that my name may be here forever. How many want his name to be in all nations forever? How many want his ears to be attentive and his eyes to be open to what he wants to do in this room? Listen, we're talking about the world. Those of you who are watching online here, you are part of all nations body. I'm asking you, how many of you want the Holy Spirit, the eyes of the Lord, the hand of God to be on your life? And the only way that is happening, he says, you need to repent. Here it is. Now here, I want to I make sure I interject something that repentance, I want to dispel, dispel this confusion that the, that, that the repentance is just for the unbeliever. I want to take some time there. Most people think because you're a sinner, you need to repent. It's so funny how it's easy for us to point out who needs to repent. <laughs> it's so easy how it's such to say, hey, you, you, you're doing wrong and you know better. You need to repent. You, you need to get your life together. Here, this is what I'm learning very quickly. The person that has the finger pointed. Here, I want to tell you something. We cannot be a church who points the finger at them like this, but we have to be a church that points the finger at them like this. Say, come unto me, all them that are heavy and of heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Church, we cannot be a judgmental church because God himself is getting ready to send people in here that don't look like us, that don't smell like us from different parts of the world, from different parts of the community, but God is getting ready to bring an increase. But here's the question. Are you ready? Are you ready? And the first prerequisite to be getting, getting ready is, God, start with me. I repent. <laughs> I, I repent. Uh, repentance is just not for the lost soul. 
Repentance is, is a lifeline for the believer. When we start to veer left or we start to veer right, we can say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Every morning we wake up, we should say, Lord, I repent and I, and I ask you for the forgiveness. That's why people don't come to the altar, church. Because instead of us meeting them at the altar, we're watching them come to the altar. I wonder what they did this time. <laughs> I wonder what they're into this time. I wonder why they're here. Oh, my God, they're here again? Wow. They must be really into some stuff. <laughs> That's why some people rather watch online. Because the church has created a place that is not even for sick people no more. The house is for sick people. Let me say it again. This place is for sick people. So sick people can become healed people and then move out of the way so more sick people can come and get healed. Amen. What if the hospital was only for people that were doing okay? Where would the sick people go? Repentance is for everyone. I need you to say this out loud. I need to repent. I need to repent. Oh man, that's so hard. I can hear it in your voice. I need to repent. Here it is. There isn't something in our lives that does not need God's forgiveness. Please hear me. There's not any, there's just something in our lives that we cannot put our finger on or things that we can't kick or judgments or habits or ideas that we need to say, God, I need you to forgive me for that. I don't care if you're a Republican, but don't knock somebody else who's a Democrat. God doesn't care about that. It's about the kingdom. Oh, I need you to get louder on that. Because some people say, well, I'm for Trump. And as somebody, I'm not for Trump. Well, you're not going to heaven. Some people say, you voted for Obama. I'm not voting for Obama. How could you? You're not going to heaven. That's not kingdom. That's preference. We need to repent because we judge somebody that does not have the same ideals as we do. <laughs> Today, I believe God is using this message to position the house for where we're going and for the position that all nations will play in the, in the city and the state of Florida and in Tallahassee. God is uniquely positioning this building and his people to be a voice of a roar like a lion like we've never roared before. But we have to go back and we got to fix some stuff. We, we have to begin to fix some things that are broken. What does repentance do? It allows us the believer to regain access, here it is, and authority to a realm and to reclaim regions, environments, and atmospheres. We've lost control. We have no authority over an atmosphere. We've lost control of the region. We've lost control and we have no access. But when we begin to give our hearts back to the Father, I said, Lord, I know I've been messing up. I know I've not been in the right place, but I'm ready to take my position. I'm ready to get my voice back. I've not been. Here's the thing. A lot of times the enemy will use things to steal our voice because we're shame. I want to talk to the person that's not a believer. You're shame. You've been doing things and you've been walking in city, walking in places and you've been connecting with different people and you're just shame. I'm talking to Christians. You've done things. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you beat that porn addiction, but for some reason you got back online. But I'm telling you right now that God still loves you the way you are. I need you to listen to me that we're not defined by what we did. We're defined by what he did on the cross. We are a finished work, but we got to come back to him. <laughs> we got to come back to God in a way that we've never come to God before. Some of us need to repent because our worship have gone stale. We say, come Lord, for what? Because <laughs> when he gets here, what do you do with him? There's people all over America that are hungry and thirsty and starving for his presence, but we're calling him, come, and he shows up, and we just. I don't want to waste his time. I want to call him 
and I'm hungry and I'm thirsty because I know he'll meet me at that hunger and thirst. But church, I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, he's wanting to visit the people of America. He's wanting to visit the churches of America. He's wanting to visit the nameless faces people, not people who are, are famous, not people who are popular. But he says, I want to give my anointing to a person who don't know nobody, know their name. They don't come from a healthy background. They don't have education. But I want to use you to the best of his ability. God said, would you let him? But church, we have to abandon ourselves right now in this moment to the agenda of the kingdom. He said, you got to repent because there's pride, there's no prayer, and there's wickedness in the body. <laughs> there's pride, there's arrogance, there's gossip, there's fighting in the body. He said, you're making people think this is what my kingdom is like. He said, if you're a representative of me, you're giving people the wrong picture. Can I tell you? I'm not perfect. I've done things in my life that I regret, but I've given it to the Father. And I can't live in the shame. I can't live in the regret, but i got to live in the calling. I say the calling is greater than the mistake. Yeah. Give it to Jesus. Yeah. you got to hear me. God is saying, I want to give you a roar. I want to give you your voice, but I don't want to give you if I know you're not going to use it. I don't want to just want, squander my anointing. I don't want to squander my power. I don't want to squander my presence. I wanted to give it to people who are actually going to do something with it. My people, my people, his people who are called by his name will humble themselves and pray, you prideful generation. And we think we're talking about the youth of America, but we're not. <laughs> How did the youth of America become this way? How did the lawlessness come this way? Because we said nothing. We prayed about a lot, but we did nothing. <laughs> we prayed for hours and hours on the altars of our stages in America. Lord, send in the souls. Guess what? He's not going to do it. <laughs> you got to go get them. We got to repent for being slowful and lazy. <laughs> Church, God is coming with a broom and he's trying to clean up. He said, you got to repent for being lazy. We got to repent for not serving in your local churches. <sighs> Help me, Lord. We got to repent for saying, well, it'll get done. I'm sure somebody will do it. Why can't you do it? You got all the time in the world on your hands. You, got a, you, 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 you prioritize meetings. You prioritize everything else. But when it comes to the things of the kingdom, you say, well, if it's God, it'll... He'll send somebody. No, it's God. He's sending you. You know how to paint? Paint. You know how to fix stuff? Fix stuff. You know how to vacuum? Vacuum. You know how to do hospitality? Do hospitality. You know how to open the door? Open the door. Whatever God is calling, whatever space is needed, God is saying, I want to fill those spaces with my people. Too much pride. Humble yourselves. Pray. He's wanting to give us access and he want to give us authority and reclaim regions and atmospheres. Repentance isn't just a cool thing to do. It's literally able to change a nation. John the Baptist talked to the Pharisees. He was like, you, you, you scribes, you, you, um, you, you weird people, he called them in the Message Bible. He's like, you just repenting and baptizing because you think it's the cool thing to do. Christianity has become a fad. It's like, cool, I'm a Christian. I'm, I, I'm a Christian. But are you Christ? Like, this is not a word that says you need to jump around the building or you need to run and do some cartwheels. We probably should because this is an invitation. The Holy Spirit brings these sermons so it can be an invitation. He said, because I need you to come back. I need you to be my church. I need you to be my people. He said, because some people that are not Christian, they're going to need real Christians. They're going to need real, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, here it is, loving, yes, you got to be loving, Christians that will not define them based on their past, but will position them based on what Jesus did on the cross, that they will be in right standing with the Father. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, here it is, this is for the unbeliever. 
This is another form of repentance. This is for the person that does not walk with God. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just and will forgive us of all our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's another form of repentance. He's like, if you come to me and you repent and you get back in right standing, I'm faithful and I'm just to forgive you. I know you're struggling with alcohol right now. You're struggling with nicotine right now. You're struggling with all kind of habits, but I'm telling you, he was like, if you just confess that and say, I need help, he says, I, I have enough grace for you. I'm talking to the person that's far from God, but can I tell you, he's not far from you. He's very close to you. As a matter of fact, he's so close. That's why this message is touching you the way it's touching you. That's why it's in your room with you at this time of day and whenever you will see this, that the Holy Spirit is saying, I have a plan for you and I have a place for you in the kingdom. Hey, can I tell you something? Your room to the, uh, to the person who did receive Jesus and may have walked away from Jesus. Can I give you this PSA? Your room is the same way you left it. I need you to hear that again. Your room is the same way you left it. What does that mean? You left, you were hurt by church people. Can I talk to this? You've been hurt in the church. You've been hurt by the people that you're doing life with every Sunday. It's hard for you to come because you've been offended. Here it is. You know the thing about offense? You build yourself behind a wall that you can't really get out of. You think you're protecting yourself, but you're really closing yourself off from community and relationship. Church, I'm telling you, if you look around, this is the smallest our church will ever be. And if we don't get it right here, we won't get it right there. He says, we got to get those relationships right. Who do you in your life have that you need to go and say, I'm sorry? Who, who in these seats or who that used to be in these seats or who's not here right now that you need to go back and say, you know what, I, I shouldn't have said that to you. I didn't mean to hurt you. I, I, I need you to forgive me. Because the same matter you will forgive someone is the same way he'll forgive you. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance to with riches and God's grace. There's so much forgiveness. Why do we even talk about how vast his grace is or how vast his forgiveness is? He's telling anybody, anytime somebody's advertising that much, it's probably because not enough people are getting it. It's like if, I was, if it was a restaurant, free donuts, free donuts. People are like, that's kind of hard to believe. Why would you be giving me free donuts? I mean, I want free donuts. That's the thing, we want it. We want what's being offered. I want donuts. If Krispy, well, not Krispy Kreme, that's not fair. If, if there was another organization, it would just open up in town, it says free donuts for the entire, as many donuts as you can take, come get it. You're gonna say, that just can't be right. Something wrong with them donuts. <laughs> Something must be wrong with them donuts. Then guess what? Here it is. You're calling everybody, talking about, y'all see that free sign on, on Monroe? See, I know the street now. You, mean, you see the sign on Monroe, that new donut? Girl, they talking about free donuts. Don't go get them donuts. You're telling, here it is, you're telling people not to get something you've never tasted. Woo! Listen, you're telling people not to get something that you yourself have not experienced. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is He's good. But you cannot tell a person that he's good if you've never tasted of his. Whew. Free donuts. Free donut. All week is free donut. Something wrong with the donut. Free coffee. Must got a lot of water in it. Something wrong. We always talk about what we don't understand. Uh-oh, I need to, let me pause there. It is very difficult for people to come into the church because we always talk about what we don't understand. Why are they worshiping like that? Why does that lady get on the floor and bow? It doesn't take all of that. That's unnecessary. 
Why does she do that? Why do they let her do that? That we don't really do that here. That's awkward. But can I tell you, you don't know what God has done for her. Yeah, see, I need to talk to somebody that God has radically delivered. God has radically brought you out of some stuff. God has radically done some stuff for your family. God has done some stuff for you in the midnight hour that nobody has understood or that nobody will know. My praise tells me everything that God has done for me. By the way you praise him, I know what he's done for you. Woo! By the way that you honor him, I say, oh, he must do some good stuff for her. He must do some great stuff for him. But my praise should tell somebody how good, how good he is. Can I tell you something? It does take all that and some. When we're worshiping, this place should be a house of work. We worship just. Huh. I see you move, you move a mountain. Not here. I'm just saying in general. Just. <laughs> and, and I believe I see you do it. Then when you get kind of excited, you're like, whoa. <laughs> nope. It almost came out. <laughs> almost, they almost saw me, the real me, you know. You know if you were at home and that song came out, it's like, I see you move. Ah! But do you know the purpose of corporate worship? Is that God is saying, I want you to bring what you're doing private into a big room with a whole lot of people and we're going to put this thing together and it's going to be an explosion in the way that Tallahassee has never seen. If you believe that, give God some praise in this room today. When my praise hit with your praise and when my praise hit with Zach's praise and when my praise hit with Misty Vines, oh, something is getting ready to happen. There is getting ready to be an explosion in a way that this church has never seen, but guess what? It's gotta go past today. Because we get hyped today, woo, glory to God. Then we come back, I see and I believe, I see And then it's like, jump, it's like, <laughs> I guarantee you, when Pastor Steve comes back, when you have to go through a surgery like that, when anything could have went wrong, uh-oh. Some, some, the knife could have slipped or they could have touched something they weren't supposed to. But when he comes back, I guarantee his praise are going to look a little bit different. <laughs> his sound is going to be a little bit louder. Why? Because he has walked through the valley, oh my God, of the shadow of death, and he will feel no... Somebody ought to stand up out of your seat and give God a good praise right now because I don't know about you, but everybody got a midnight that's coming. Everybody got a season that's coming. How about you praise your way right now? Glory to God. A few more minutes and I'm done. I don't even know what time I started, but I'm Hope you stand with me online. Is this good to anybody this morning? Miss Yvonne says, keep it going. Jesus is saying, it's time for you to get your roar back. It's time for you to get your Paul and Silas anointing back. That at midnight voice. Even chained up, you couldn't stop their roar. <laughs> Even in prison, you couldn't stop their praise. Even in the darkest night of their life, they still had something to say. I feel this by way of the Holy Spirit. It's like something right now is leaping, moving in you. You don't even know how to respond to it. You're like, oh my God, I see people rocking. I see people moving. Can I tell you? That is the Holy Spirit turning you up. Some of y'all need a jump. <laughs> Your battery is good, but you just ain't been jumped in a while. Lions, listen to this. 
lose their roar when they conform to man-made enclosures. Ooh, God help me. God help me. Lions lose their roar when they are refined to man-made enclosures. How many times have you ever been to a zoo and you've actually heard a lion roar? There's no need for it. There's no need for them to roar anymore because they no longer have territory to claim. There's no longer a threat on them. They're, they're comfortable. The roar is used to take land and to send warning out that they are not alone. We've been confined to our problems. We've been confined to our family issues or We've been locked into the challenges that we've had in our previous marriages, or some of you may be divorced, some of you have walked through challenges, some of you have made, had bank of, uh, uh, foreclosure or been bankrupt, so many things. Some of you have record, criminal records. Some of you are walking through seasons in life that nobody has an idea of, but the enemy, that he tries to do, he gets you in these enclosures to make you feel like you can say nothing. You feel like you almost deserve to be going through what you go through. Well, I did this, so I guess that's what I got to deal with. I did this, so I guess this is the life that I now have to live. But can I tell you something? If God had a plan for you before you did what you did, do I need to finish the statement? If God had a plan for you before you did what you did, he has a plan for you after you've done what you did. His plans for you are good. But church, we got to repent. I know you like to say, well, there's nothing I really have to repent about. And if you make that comment, it's probably a lot that you need to repent about. Because that's a haughty statement. That is a prideful statement. So if you allow me to tap into that, you've probably hurt a lot of people. There's nothing I need to repent for. I read. I pray, but have you changed? <laughs> have you really changed? When was the last time you walked in Matthew 18, left your gift at the altar and went back and said, have I offended you? Where God is positioning us now, he's pulling us back to launch us out. I call it the bow and arrow method. He's pulling you back. There's tension on your life right now. You feel tension. You can't just seem to get healed in your body, but I feel a healing anointing in this room tonight. He's pulling you back. He's put, it's tense, it's tense. And you feel like, God, I feel like I'm going backwards. I feel like things aren't working. I feel like things are digressing. I feel like my life is going in another direction. He said, no, 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 no. It's not the enemy that's pulling you. He said, that's me. He said, I'm, I'm tightening you up because now I want to make you a ready arrow. I want to put you in the right direction. So when I let you go, you're going to hit that target faster than you thought you were going to hit it. You think you lost time, but you haven't lost time. I just changed direction a little bit. God in himself is pulling this tension. But he says, church, we got to repent. I mean, he says, a life of Repentance. Not just today. Tomorrow wake up is, oh, we had it again. Forgive me. Because there's a lot of things in our life that we know we should repent from. I'm not talking about just the big things. The Bible says it's the little foxes that destroy the whole thing. It's all the things that, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Listen. I got a stuff I repent every day. Lord, I cry out to the Lord. Lord, forgive me. I did it again. I did it again. At some point, I won't do it again, but I'm still doing it again. You can judge me all you want. But you got some stuff that you're doing it again. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in a place where I don't really care what people think about me. I have been delivered from how you see me. And the only thing I care about is how he sees me. And I know if he sees me in right standing, I don't care if you see me standing or flat on the floor. I know no matter what position I am in my life, 
I know I'm seated in him. Come on, somebody. I know I'm in good with him. I think Tom's here. Tom, help me out. I just, I really feel the grace of God in this room. There's, I've been in a lot of meetings where you feel that the Lord is sending messages because he's getting ready to do something. How many know that God is getting ready to do something here in this building, in your life, online in your life? I know you're in a dark place right now. You're in a really dark place right now. You felt like, God, I, I did it again. But he loves you. He's faithful just to forgive you of all and cleanse you from all that unrighteousness. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you and there's nothing you can do about that. But to the believer he's saying we got to get it right. He's saying we got to come we got to come back to his heart. to reposition ourselves for what he's getting ready to do. He says, but I have nothing but good for you. He said, but if I take you right now in the good thing, it's going to look like the old thing because you're the same thing. If I take you as you are in the good thing, It'll start looking like the old thing because you are the same thing. He said, but behold, I want to do a, a new thing. He said, can you not perceive it? Wells springing up. He want to do something fresh. That's the word that I'm hearing in my spirit. He wants to do something fresh. And he wants to give you your roar back. Repentance will set the stage for an outpour of his spirit like we've never seen before. But repentance, listen to me, will be the pillars of this next move of revival. God's saying in this room today, I have two calls. We can close our eyes all over this room. And let's do business with Jesus this morning. said, if my people, I want to talk to his people. I want to, I want to talk to his people. I'm not talking to the unbeliever. I want to talk to his people. We know we've been in a stale place. We know we've been in between a rock and a hard place. We know life has happened. Divorce has happened. Loss has happened. Bankruptcy has happened. Loss of jobs has happened. Loved ones have been sick. Different things have been happening. Business deals have fell through. Dark times. Thinking about depression. Contemplating suicide. All kinds of darkness and um, mental abuse and verbal abuse and physical abuse. People are walking through things, but you're a believer. But I'm saying the Lord is saying, come, come like that gift. Come bring your gift and give it back to me. He said, because there's a lot of people in this room, you're hurting, but I want to reset you. And this word is for believers here and online. If you say, you know what? I want to repent and I want to clean my heart out and I want him to gut my heart out and I want to put me back in right standing because I'm ready to be reset and I don't want my old my new thing to look like the old thing because I'm the same thing I want a new thing in my life and you say pastor I, still, I want to repent and I want to just get things back in order and and, 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 and and there's no stone that's left unturned and there's no judgment I don't want you to raise your hand I want you to wrestle in your own heart and as you he starts to touch your heart I just want you to make your way to this altar whether you need whether you lay, I don't care. But the Lord said, I'm coming to get the house in order. And I'm getting ready to do something that the likes have never seen. Ears have not heard. But you got to wrestle in your own heart. Lord, I want to repent. He said, if my people, not some people, if my people were called by my name will humble themselves and pray, He's calling you by your name. If you're online, you're like, I'm a Christian, but I've just been falling off. I've been having some challenges. If you're in this room, 
you're online, if you're online, just say, pray for me. Repenting, I need, I'm getting my life back together. I'm not perfect, but I'm getting my life back right. I'm getting things back in order. And if you're in this room, I'm challenging you right now where you are to flood this altar and begin to cry out to your king. we carry I don't care how in Lord on behalf of a nation on behalf of my church on behalf of if I'm standing I want my voice back and I'm completely saying Lord if I am the reason that something is not moving if I am the reason that you are not moving if I am the reason that the mountains are not moving God I repent and ask you to forgive me for my sin if I am the reason I repent. If I am a cause, I don't know if I am. I don't know if I'm not. But Lord, just in case, here I am. <laughs> here I am, Lord. If I've said something to offend somebody, if I walked in pride, or if I didn't walk in humility, God, I'm here and I'm saying, forgive me. If you're online and you've not been at church, and maybe you've been maybe you've walked away from God because of something somebody did at church I'm telling you this that God wants to heal you he wants to heal your broken heart I'm talking to somebody online he wants to heal your broken heart you feel like God you're not with me <laughs> but I'm telling you right now he is for you 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 I feel it he is for you and he loves you that's you you said listen I'm repenting online just lift it put a hand up or emoji or something if you in this audience again I feel like I feel the grace of the Holy Spirit he's saying come on to me if you are my people if you are my people <laughs> my people if you're my people we're going to take a few more minutes because there's a sovereign holy moment that the Lord is getting ready to do and we will remember this moment <laughs> because this is a moment says the Lord that I am putting a voice box in you that nobody will ever be able to put out I'm restoring something in your life I'm resetting you this next call maybe you're in this room and you're not a Christian you're not a Christian and you've never, you haven't walked with God. You've walked away from him. You hadn't had no business. You didn't do anything with him. And you know you've been living a life that's not pleasing to God. Can I tell you, he's not mad at you, but he's really mad about you. He loves you dearly. If you're online, just say, I want to give my heart to the Lord. I don't care where you are in this world. There's no distance in prayer. If you're in this room and you said, I just... I need to have a relationship with Jesus. I don't want to keep living the way I'm living. And I want to get my life in a sweet place with God. If that's you, I'm not going to make it easy for you, but I want you to know that he has you with open arms. And if you want to give your heart to Jesus, do me a favor. Just slip your hand up if that's you. See, I want to, I want to give my heart to Jesus. And if your hand is up, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to meet me right down here at this altar. Come, meet me right here. Meet me right here at this altar. If your hand is up and you're saying, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want you to come meet me right here. I want you to come meet me because he wants your whole life. He just doesn't want a piece of you. He wants all of your life. He wants all of your life. If you're here and you're just here, I, do me a favor. If you stand to your feet in your seat, where you just, just lift our hands to Jesus. Let's, Father, we pray for the, the, the redemptive power of the Holy Spirit. Just begin to cry out to Jesus right now. Just begin to cry out to Jesus. Listen, it's like the man, he said, oh, son of David, the closer he got, the louder he got. I don't want you to be ashamed of it. I don't want you to be quiet with it. 
today he's giving you your roar back but you got to begin to cry Lord I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin come on King for a couple of minutes then we're going to go home but for right now let's lift our hands all over this room online if you're at home all over this room if you're blessed to have two hands let's see if they work lift them as high as you can and let's go into a moment of worship you made it to the end of the message and now what is God leading you to make a change are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.